Hello and welcome back to Crawford Insights, the podcast where we take a recent post from the Crawford Investment Council blog and dive a little bit deeper with the author. I'm your host, Tom Bueller, Portfolio Manager at Crawford, and today we'll be discussing Pendulum Shifts, Cyclical versus Secular Change with John Crawford IV. Welcome back and thanks for joining us again, John. Thank you, Tom. The article we're going to focus on today touches on a number of long-term trends that appear to be shifting at the same time. As the landscape is changing, now is an important time to look at what has caused that and whether these are just minor changes or the beginning of something different. John, you want to give us just a general overview of the pendulum shift concept and why you and your father decided to write this piece? Well, thanks, Tom. The theme that we are talking about now is pendulum shifts. And earlier in the year, we were recognizing that the environment was highly uncertain. Today, we're morphing into a period where we do see some trends that have reversed course, and so hence the title pendulum shifts. And so this concept is really one that applies to many facets of life, whether it's economics, politics, sports, whatever. And things tend to move in one direction or another until friction changes and and essentially it reverses course. And so here we're observing pendulum shifts in the area of interest rates, which had been in a long period of decline and are now increasing, inflation, which it's no secret we're experiencing structurally higher inflation. We're seeing the balance of power between business and labor shift back towards labor. We're seeing supply chains being rethought and more onshoring of production. All of these things are occurring at the same time, and none of them are positive for the absolute level of corporate profit margins. That doesn't mean earnings have to go down, but it means they're not going to be going up with the same tailwind they had for many, many years. And so all this has a lot of implications for not only corporate profits, but also how stocks perform and the types of stocks that you want to be owning in your portfolio and important implications for the overall level of returns from the market. Yeah, and I think that's the key. We had put out a piece a couple of months ago about the corporate juggernaut and how there have been a number of tailwinds, if you want to think of them that way, helping out corporate profits. Now, as the pendulum starts to shift, it's uncertain whether those will become headwinds, but certainly not as much of a tailwind as we've seen. And that's right. Whether it's lack of a tailwind or actually a headwind, that will kind of determine whether this is more of a cyclical phenomenon or more secular, which is something we touched on in the piece. But whether you're talking about interest rates, which have at least temporarily reversed course, inflation, which has definitely reversed course, the relationship between labor and business, and not to mention supply chains and globalization and inventory management practices, all of these are shifts that we observe in the way businesses conduct their operations. And unfortunately, none of them are margin accretive. So The big pendulum shift may be that we've gone from a period where profit margins structurally expanded for many, many years, and now I would say they're at least going to be leveling out, and there may be some deterioration there. If we're going to be in an environment where profit margins are leveling out or potentially even shrinking, that doesn't sound like it's one that's going to be a rewarding environment for investment in stocks. Well, that will be a headwind, okay? So we have to find businesses that can prosper and persevere in an environment where there's some structural forces working against them. Again, all of this is pretty unclear. And in fact, our narrative has kind of moved from uncertainty to 
now recognizing that, for example, rising inflation is not really an uncertainty. That's a certainty at this point. The question is how long it persists. And so we're seeing some of this uncertainty is beginning to yield to more clarity, but the outcome is kind of a worst case scenario, not worst, but worst case scenario. Yeah, that's an important distinction between worse and worst. You also mentioned earlier, well, you talked about the fact that there are secular changes and cyclical changes. Can you give us a little refresher on what the difference is between those two? Yes, cyclical changes are typically, they last three to five years or so, and they may be influenced heavily by the economic cycle. Secular changes would be things or trends that tend to persist for five to 25 years or so. And these tend to be the more important, the trends to identify because they are longer lasting and they have bigger implications. At this point, we're still trying to evaluate if some of these trends are cyclical or more secular. And if a trend is in place for five to 25 years, there's not a lot of times in your career where you can identify inflection points in these changes. So while it's important to get them right, and to have an informed view of what's going on, all of this is pretty difficult to predict. And so this harkens back to our underlying investment philosophy, which really embraces the idea that uncertainty is a certainty, and there's a lot of unknowns about there. And so by owning higher quality companies that demonstrate more predictability, more consistency, that pay dividends, You can narrow the range of investment outcomes down to a more practical band, and you can improve your likelihood of success and mitigate loss. And does that same type of concept apply on the margin front? If we think that businesses in general will be facing margin pressure, are higher quality businesses likely to see less pressure? I think they definitely are. You'll see Companies with lower fixed cost structures, asset light business models, those tend to be the types of companies we invest in. Those will do better. They'll have a structural advantage vis-a-vis bloated balance sheets, high debt businesses, companies that rely on higher margins and economic growth to bail them out. So I do think we would be advantaged. I also think that if margins are not are no longer increasing, then you're likely to have a slower overall profit environment, not negative, but just slower. And in a slower profit environment, typically returns from the markets are less robust. And traditionally, in periods of more pedestrian investment results, our strategies have really distinguished themselves, at least on a relative basis. Right. And we've seen that so far this year as some of these trends have started to be digested by the market. Yes, I agree. That's right. So what major changes are we looking to make with the holdings of the portfolio? Are we looking at major reconstruction here or just tweaks around the edge? We wouldn't be looking to make any major changes because I don't think our philosophy is broken, and I certainly don't think our process is in any way flawed. We'll always be looking to make improvements in the overall profile of the investments and in the portfolio construction process. What we're really trying to do is find the intersection of quality and value. And so as the market evolves and as the economy changes, these dynamics will force us to have to look for that intersection and adjust our lens accordingly. But that's really where we want to be is at the intersection of quality and value. So far this year, the market and the press in particular has really focused on the inflation shift that we've seen. Obviously, that's a big one, and it's led to changes in 
Federal Reserve interest rate policy. Are there one or two of these potential shifts that we really are focused on, or could any of them be even more impactful than what we've seen from inflation so far? I think just going back to the corporate juggernaut and the balance between labor and businesses where businesses kind of had the upper hand for many, many years, we've always said that one of the primary indicators of inflation is wage growth. And so we've seen wages pick up, but wage growth is actually still running below the overall level of consumer inflation. So that's something we want to be keeping our eye on and we'll have our antenna up on. And, you know, it's interesting to think about wage growth because that's something that actually could be beneficial to the economy if you put more dollars in the hands of people that are more likely to spend them. So is it the type of situation where at first what seems like bad news could end up being good news? It would help consumer finances. It would help raise the propensity to spend. We've seen spending patterns ebb and flow in the last couple of years since the pandemic, and there was a shift from services back to goods, and now we're starting to see some evidence that service demand is increasing. So how all this plays out, again, is very difficult to predict, but absolutely a more broader distribution of wages and wage growth and less income disparity, that would help overall consumption and I think would make our economy better balanced and more resilient for sure. Well, John, we're going to continue to check in with you from time to time and see what you and your team are looking at as these shifts continue to occur or maybe even reverse course and go back in the other direction. Hopefully you'll be willing to join us again and give us an update down the road. Absolutely, Tom. Thanks a bunch. That's it for our show today. If you haven't already done so, be sure to check out our article, Pendulum Shifts, Cyclical versus Secular Change, on our website at insights.crawfordinvestmentcouncil forward slash perspectives. Subscribe to the Perspectives blog while you're there, and be sure to join us for another episode next month.